0: If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, join me this morning in Romans chapter 10. Uh, we're going to get pretty close to reading that whole chapter this morning. Um, and as part of part of our worship and our time um, together, I want to take just a minute as we start and pray. And I want you to join me as we pray. Our brothers and sisters across the planet in Turkey and Syria, if you've watched the news, you know devastation uh, just absolute devastation and I don't know I don't know the number now I know it had exceeded 20,000 um, the other day of, of lives that were lost uh, 7.8 magnitude earthquake hundreds of aftershocks um, buildings it's it's been crazy to watch the news because while a, while a news has been on site and filming a building will fall in the background and it's just it's just, it's been tragic. So, I want us to spend some time this morning as we get ready to, uh, to dig into the Word, because again, Romans 10, Paul's speaking directly to the Jewish nation, to the Israelites, and we're going to talk a lot about some more specific things about them this morning, but this part of the world, Turkey, Syria, I mean, we're, we're talking about biblically, historically significant. Uh, parts of our world. So I want us to be specific and significant in our prayer this morning Uh, again for the folks there. So join me as we uh, as we pray together this morning. Father this morning we pray with uh, millions around the world uh, for our brothers and sisters in Turkey and Syria and God just uh, the devastation and the loss that um, we can imagine because we can see images on the news, but God we can't imagine what it's like um, in in the middle of just absolute destruction. And Father, there's there's many uh, to pray for this morning, God for the families uh, that are, are mourning in the losses that have taken place. and God we just pray for uh, for their peace through a very difficult time. Father, we pray for the men and women that, uh, that are there, um, working to find survivors and working to help and, and putting their life in harm's way to, uh, to help. And God, we just pray for their safety and protection. Um, and and God, we pray, um, for their strength and endurance, um, as they work through, um, the destruction and God for the people that, uh, that are even still on the way to assist. Um, God, same for them, for their safety and, and their, their strength and endurance um, with, with tons of, of work ahead to rebuild uh, cities. And God, more than anything this morning, what we pray for is the truth of your gospel that's carried through people that love you and know your love, that are there or headed there, um, as they talk and they share um, with many people that have no hope right now in the middle of this recovery. Uh, But, God, that they would come to know the hope that's in you alone through the work of your son on the cross. And, God, I just pray. I pray that many would come to know you. And understand your love. Even in tragedy, understand your love and your passion and compassion for them. So, God, in the middle of, in the middle of a mess, God, you have your way. You work in ways that you only can do. And God, we're gonna watch and we're gonna stand in awe of how you work. And Father, we're going to give you the credit for everything that you do. Have your way there. Just like we pray that you have your way here. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So join me in Romans chapter 10 and let's start out. We'll read the uh, the first four verses together. Paul writing, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. And we'll we'll stop right there as we dig in. And if you remember um, from last week, these nine chapters nine, ten, and eleven of Romans, uh, the Paul kind of takes he kind of takes a, a, a break in the letter, even though it's not really a break but he's addressing his Israelite brothers and sisters the Jewish nation he's he's addressing them specifically and what he's what he's imploring with them and it's it's the question that that for us as we've headed into this second part of the the letter to the church in Rome is the question is, are you allowing the gospel to shape your life and the spirit to control it? And that's what Paul is, if, if, as you read and as you study this out, he, he's, literally, he's literally begging for his, his brothers and sisters in blood to get to know, to know, to believe, and put their faith in Christ alone. And again... All these things that he's saying to them is revolutionary stuff. Because especially for uh, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, they've, they've lived a, a, a completely different way of understanding how to obtain God's righteousness. And they've, they've worked hard for it. And again, some of that we'll dig into as we get further into the verses. But Paul, what Paul is wanting them to understand is that it, it's a heart issue for them to know to understand to believe in Christ and to allow that to change their life. And and last week in chapter 9 what we looked at was how Paul stressed to them that that Israel, the children of Israel are they're, they're special to God. And they've they've missed they've they've missed what was set out for them trying to achieve things on their own. But God's not done yet through his mercy, through his design sovereignty. He's not done with the nation of Israel yet, just like he's not done with us. I mean, this this is something that even though this specific part of the letter is addressed to some specific people, there's so much that we can pull out of it because it applies directly, directly to us today as well. In chapter 10, Paul's really addressing Digging into their their rejection Their rejection of Jesus Christ and even explains to them the responsibility that they have because again that question Are we allowing the gospel to shape our lives and the spirit to control it? There's a human responsibility that comes with that as well for us There was a point or if not yet there will be a point for you that you have to you have to say yes you have to believe it in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God that he died on the cross that he was raised from the dead and he's sitting at the right hand of the father pleading for us and you have to you have to believe that in your heart and and confess that with your mouth profess that Jesus is lord there's a a human responsibility in all of this it's not it's not something as he's pointing out to the Jewish people it's not something you work for it's not something that you can check boxes and do good stuff and 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 build your case for it's belief and it really is simple belief from the heart and we have a responsibility to say yes to him so let's let's keep digging and, and dig into what Paul is is saying uh, to the people and you know he in those first four verses, as we opened up, what, he, what he's stressing to him, that last part of verse 4, all who believe in him are made right with God. And he's just stressing that to them. Believe. Believe. You're going to hear that word several times as we go through these verses together this morning. He's calling on his own people to believe, So let's, let's continue reading verses uh, 5 through 8. Um, coming out of verse 4, All bo- who believe in him are made right with God. Verse 5, For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience of all its commands. And here you can hear him talking directly to, writing directly to his own kinsmen. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth, and don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips, and it is in your heart. And that message is the very message about the faith that we preach. Y'all hear y'all hear that over and over in what Paul is saying to to his people, his his fellow kinsmen. It's it's a heart matter. It's faith in Christ. It's believing in Christ alone that makes you right. Remember our for the the book of Romans as we've studied this out the series, be right. To be right with God, to know God's righteousness is faith in Christ alone alone and you would think i mean and and this is this is going to maybe maybe to some of us this this is going to sound like statements that you would answer with well duh to put it in words i understand but you would think that israel the nation of israel the jewish people you would think that paul wouldn't have to write this to them you would think that they would have been waiting for the Messiah to come and, and even been eager about him coming because of what they had in their hands, the, the, the writings that they had in their hands that God had given that he meant to prepare them for the Messiah that was coming. I mean, that, w- that was the intent, was to prepare them, make them aware Even give them a warning, but make them aware that the Messiah was coming. But we know they rejected the Messiah. We talked about that a little bit last week. He he just he he didn't he didn't measure up to their expectations. And and through all of the things that the nation of Israel had done, the law that they had that was given to them from God by direct revelation, and even the ones that they added, because they added a lot of rules to the to the intended law, they just didn't see their need for salvation because they in their own eyes they had everything together. Now if the Messiah, the one that in in what they knew preparing them if he had come to change the political scene man, they'd have been all about that because they they were ready to uh, they were ready to have that change in, in their lives but they weren't willing to give up what they had built to have a relationship with the one that God sent. They were too proud. we talked about that too last week very proud people a very a very Zealous people, you know, in their mind, with uh, with the laws and the things. In verse five, says, "For Moses writes the laws. Uh, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands." You know, they even they had even, and I said this just a second ago. They thought they had improved on it a little bit because they added their own stuff and they added their own traditions and they made it all about good works and good deeds and all the things that they could do. And all of those things were getting in the way and Paul in his writing and in the work that he did working very hard, wanting his Jewish friends to know, to know Christ, and to know that Christ is the only way to recognize that and all of this stuff that they had created. Sound familiar? Again, I, I told you earlier there's application for us. All of the stuff that we create, I don't know about any of you, I can speak for me, gets in the way, right? It gets in the way of our walk with Christ. Because there's something, there's something that we're proud of. There's something that we're trying to hang on to. That, that will slow us down or will even, um, what's the word, impede? our relationship and our growth and we're just we get to the point of being just too proud to let go and you know paul if you take a look at that in especially in chapter 10 he's quoting many many of the text that they had what we call the old testament He's quoting many of those, trying as a plea to get them to understand. If if you study it out, and and we're not going to take the time for me to point them all out to you this morning. But just in chapter 10 alone, he's quoting Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, the Psalms, and Joel. Quoting the things that they know that they're holding on to. Trying to get them to understand and explain to them that it's about Christ. It's, it's about Christ, but their pride and their self-righteousness gets in the way, and they just they just refused. The people of Israel just refused to accept, to understand, and even to learn about God's righteousness. And Paul is just, he's, you can just, I can, you can just hear it in the tone of what he's writing. He's, he's begging. He's begging and saying, look, your lineage, your heritage, your laws, none of that works it's in the way it's all showing you christ but instead of worshiping him you're worshiping this the stuff and oh, i for me i can almost hear is is i look and read and study and play it out in my mind yeah i can almost hear him say open your eyes Look at what's in front of you. How can you how can you deny? How can you say no? How can you not understand that Christ the Messiah, the one who came fulfills the purpose of all of this stuff that you're holding on to and it has no power to save you. It's pointing to him. Christ. Christ alone. Put your faith in him and I can just for me I can hear the tone I can hear uh, in his voice, just him begging. Look, see, hear. How can you not? How can you? How can you ignore this? How can you miss this? And again, our question for us: application. Are you allowing the gospel to shape your life and the spirit to control it? This is the same for us. He's asking us the same thing. How can you you miss this? How can you put things in the way of this? How can you not understand? How how can you keep working so hard when Christ has done everything? Why Why do you struggle? He asks me that all the time. Why do you struggle? It's done. Live in it. That question, are we allowing the gospel To shape our lives, to shape our heart, to change us, to do the work that He's given us to do. Let's move on. Verse 14. I'm going to get out of order here just a little bit, but it's okay. Verses 14 through 17, and I promise I'm not going to camp out on this section a long time, even though I could. Uh, there's some important verses that we're, that we're going to look at right here. And this is written first to the people, uh, the Jewish people, the people of Israel. But, man, this is written this is written to us. And I, I want to I share some things with you this morning um, that go along with this as well. Starting in verse 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe him? Him being Jesus Christ. And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? A lot of questions. This is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? 7, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news of Christ. And again, this is, written, this is written specifically to the Jewish nation, and if you continue down, especially to the end of chapter 10, this little section even incriminates uh, the nation of Israel because they have heard, they've heard, and they've refused. But there, there's something in this that for us, us as a as a church and us as believers that calls us to so much more again the gospel shaping our hearts shaping our lives the spirit in control and this this cause calls us to mission calls us to go and tell, to fulfill the great commission that Christ gave us. And I, I want to take just a second and, and share just some things with you, some coming out of what we talked about as we prayed for Turkey and Syria, but just globally as well. Um, has anyone ever heard the word unreached, unengaged, when we're talking about people groups? Uh, people groups. And again, I promise I'll be quick. There's 17,000 Four hundred and something people groups in the country, and the way those are defined, uh, they call it the heart language. As a group of people is identified, the heart language is the language, and and this is really how they define it: the language that mom would use when she was reading a bedtime story to her kids. the The language of the people around the world. There are seventeen thousand four hundred and be specific forty three people groups. You can see the dots that represent um, some of those, those groups. That's across 7.9 billion people. Okay, so there's 17,400 four, 17, groups unreached. That word unreached, it means that within that people group of that 17,000 plus, there's no active Indigenous community of believing Christians within that group. Maybe somebody's heard it before, but there's no active group, indigenous group within that. There's 7,423 unreached people groups. If you do the math, that's about 43% of the world that are unreached. They don't know. They haven't heard. And you may say, you may be sitting there listening. This is, this is things that through life for Karen and I changed, uh, changed direction for us in, in many ways. And you may look at the map and say, well, I don't want to go overseas. I don't want to go to those areas. That here, here's the catch. You don't have to. You don't have to go to those areas. The same peoples and people groups are right here. Plus, we have circles of influence that we live in every day that we can reach. Um, But just want to give you an idea because, again, this is biblically and historically significant. If you go to that next slide, Lisa, because you can see all the red, that's called the 1040 window. Anybody ever heard of the 1040 window? A couple of you have. From 10 degrees north latitude to 40 degrees north latitude, there's a window uh, you can see most of it, um, most of it sits over Asia. Um, I'm trying to find in my notes the specific areas and I can't see it now. Um, but you, you can see there. Um, the majority of those people, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhist, uh, very high concentration by the red dots. The red dots are the unreached people groups. You can see India, how red, the whole, country is um the word is not there and in historically significant look across that whole um 1040 window historically biblically significant part of the world and another another thing about that part of the world that uh, I, i'm i'm gonna move on karen i promise in that area poverty is unreal um In that area, the majority of the people, the majority of the world's poor, live in that window. And they live on less than $2 a day. And I could do a whole lot of math for you, but I won't do that because it's it's significant. But God is calling us. God is calling us for the gospel to change our hearts. And he tells us in his word that salvation is for everyone. It's the most inclusive of any religion around the world. Faith in the gospel. That's for everybody, everywhere, everyone. But the key and what he's telling the people in those verses and what he's telling us is it must be heard first. It's got to be heard. Whether it's right here in Pflugerville, Texas, in Hutto, Texas, Georgetown, Texas, Austin, Texas, wherever it is. The gospel has to be heard, and for us, we have, we have a privilege, and we have a responsibility, and what we're called to do is share that gospel, do everything that we can to make that message known, and the gospel shaping our lives should change the priority of our lives. It should absolutely change the priority of our lives because we know what he's done for us. We know what he's done in our heart. We know what he's changed in our own lives, in our own stories, in our own journeys. And that should compel us, push us, Make us even uncomfortable to not share with our friends, with our circle of influence, with our neighbors, with, with the world around us, literally. And again, you don't have to know. You don't have to know 30 scripture to sit down and share the love of Christ with somebody. Your story, what he's done in your heart, is where you start. You share your story, how he's changed you and let god work let god work in their hearts and in their lives but a sad truth and a sad reality we talk about the gospel the good news it's only the good news if it gets to them in time and that is a reality that ought to change everything about us we talked about that last week do you know that you know that you know that your neighbor knows and it's only good news if it gets to them in time and again that should just change everything for us and you know i, I this this whole this whole thing from chapter 10 talking about the israel's rejection of christ there's but there's There's so much good news in this. And we're coming on Valentine's Day, uh, a day that we celebrate loving each other. And one of our core values is loving people. And if the gospel is shaping our hearts and the spirit is controlling our lives, loving people would be and should be and is a part of who we are. And we should be taking this message everywhere we go. Verse 17, so faith comes by hearing. That is hearing the good news of Christ. And then if you back up in Romans chapter 10, let's back up and follow with me uh, back in verse 9, that section I skipped over. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Simple, right? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jews and Gentiles are the same in this respect. This is for everybody. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no exclusion in that. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, buts, not them, them. There's none of that. All the word all there's, there's no, nothing that we have to do to dig in and define what does all mean? All is all. But again, if they don't hear, they can't know. Our call to to go and to tell and our question, are we allowing the gospel to shape our life and the spirit to control it? Because if the gospel shaping us and the spirit is in control, we're going to go and tell. Wherever we are. At lunch today, we'll look for those opportunities. At school next week, we'll look for those opportunities. At the shop next week, we'll look for those opportunities and we'll take them. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that everybody accepts. I mean, we're we're studying and looking at a, a whole nation that rejected. it. And it's not every one of the Israelites. There were some in the time that had accepted. But basically, we're looking at an entire nation who had rejected Christ. We're going to encounter the same thing, whether we're in one of those countries that we looked at on the map or we're just down the street. But always remember this. They're not rejecting us. They're not rejecting us. They're rejecting Christ. And if that is a choice that they make in the moment, it doesn't, the gospel shaping our lives, the spirit in control, it doesn't say, okay, stop. Because that's today. The response tomorrow or next week may be different. But we have to be consistent, and we have to let the gospel and the, the love of Christ just, I don't know, I'm struggling for a word, but just pour out of us everywhere we go. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. And, and, and when I read that, I laugh a little bit because I don't like feet at all. But God does. He loves our feet. Our feet that go and our feet that tell and our feet that have allowed him to change who we are because our feet, I'm in another study in another book of the Bible, but our feet are part of the body and the body has a function in, in Christ. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring the good news. So where are you going? What message are you taking? And are you allowing the gospel to shape your life? Let's, let's pray together this morning. And as, as we get ready to pray, just want to just uh, want to take just a minute. Just for you know, just for us here this morning. I don't know everyone's story, and I don't know where everyone is in your personal relationship with Christ. I I wonder, and I pray for each of you. But this morning, I want to just take, just want to take some time and offer. Uh, offer an opportunity for you if there's, if there's never been that moment that you've said yes. You've, you've heard the message many times. You believe that message. You believe that Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross, who was raised, and through whom we know that righteousness that comes from God. But you've never, you've never said yes. You've never given yourself over. You've never, as, as we say, you've never confessed His name. I want to give you that opportunity this morning as, as we worship. In just a second, Joe and I will be in the back. And if you've, if you've never said yes, you've never put your faith in Christ alone, don't, this morning, don't just, don't wait. Don't, don't hold on to the chair in front of you and, 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 and let it anchor you down. This morning, just let go and let God change your life. Surrender your life to Christ. Believe in your heart. Profess his name, declare that openly. And I want you to know if 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 that is you this morning and, and God is calling and you say yes to him this morning, there's nobody in the room. There is nobody in the room that's gonna look at you funny or think anything about you if you move in response to Christ this morning. I promise you, we will do nothing but celebrate and circle around you and walk with you just like people did for us. But my heart for you is I want you to know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and Christ alone is your King. So when we worship, don't wait, don't hesitate, don't doubt. As he's calling, you respond, you move. And let's celebrate what Jesus is doing in your heart and in your life. So Father, we as as we worship you again together, God, I pray that for anyone in the room this morning that's struggling, that's never said yes, that's never responded, that's never surrendered their life to you, Father, I just I pray this morning, um, I pray this morning for a level of boldness that they've never experienced before, and that they would step out. And answer your call. Not mine, but yours. And surrender their life to you. Say yes to you. And start a brand new, fresh journey in life. God, we love you. God, we trust you. And Father, we need you so very much. So in this moment, you have your way in all of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got a friend Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend